The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line. You're on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this beautiful, gorgeous, perfect Friday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. Sun is shining. There's not a cloud in the sky. The temperature is good. Uh, I mean, it's just a gorgeous fall day here in Auburn, Alabama. So hope you're all doing well. Congratulations. You have made it to the weekend as we've got a lot to talk about here on the show today as we are previewing Auburn and Missouri tomorrow. We'll be talking college football as a whole as well. The uh, jumping Jack Cudden will be joining us in the hour number two. He'll be in studio talking Auburn and talking college football as well. So lots to go over here in the Friday edition of On the Line. We'd love for you to come in and join us. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. Who wins tomorrow, Auburn or Missouri, and why? We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on the game tomorrow. Are you nervous about Auburn playing Missouri? Is there a chance that Auburn loses tomorrow? Are you confident in the quarterback situation? All that good stuff. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Carter, happy Friday, my man. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting Friday just because I don't know what my uh, emotions are going into tomorrow just because it's felt it feels like a Saturday an Auburn football Saturday with about as much uncertainty around it as uh I can recall don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like don't know what the defense is going to look like coming off a rough performance last week don't know what the offense is going to look like they haven't looked good all year and now they're having quite the shakeup going into Saturday don't really know how this team responds and don't know if we're going to have a head coach at the end of the game. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks going into tomorrow's game, but it is Friday, which means there is Friday night football here in the state of Alabama, and you've got two games that you can listen to via the Auburn Networks. First, it's me and Carter. We'll be traveling to Macon East. That is in Cecil, Alabama. We will be leaving immediately following the show today at 4 o'clock, driving down uh, about 50 minutes down the road, heading towards Montgomery as Lee Scott takes on Macon East Academy tonight on the road as the Warriors and the Knights are set to do battle tonight. You can listen to the broadcast. I'll be on play-by-play. Carter will be on color. You can tune in on AU100. That's 100.3. That is the home of the Lee Scott Sports Network, home of the Lee Scott Warriors. Broadcast time at 6.30, kickoff at 7. Again, that's on the Lee Scott Sports Network. You can find it on AU100. That's 100.3 on your radio dial. You can find the video broadcast with our commentary on the Lee Scott Sports Network Facebook page, on the Lee Scott Sports Network YouTube channel. You can find it all wherever you want. I mean, there's three different ways to find it, so there's no excuse to not listen tonight. It's all we're saying as Lee Scott takes on Macon East tonight again.
again, broadcast time at 6.30, kickoff at 7, over on AU100, that's 100.3. And then, Auburn High, the number one team in 7A ball, they have homecoming tonight against Ramsey uh, over at... at at Auburn High, and they are playing Ramsey, the third best team in 5A, so they're playing a really good squad, and if you remember last year when Ramsey and both Opelika were both in 6A, Ramsey beat Opelika for the state championship, so this is a good squad, and Auburn High has them tonight for homecoming. You can tune into that game if you're not able to go. You can tune into that game over on Wings 94.3. That is one of our sister stations here at, at Auburn Networks. That's the Rock Station Wings 94.3. Broadcast time at 6.30, kickoff at 7. You can join Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jumpin' Jack Hutton over there on Wings 94.3. Again, broadcast time, 6.30, kickoff at 7 on the Auburn High School Sports Network, Wings 94.3. So you can tune into both of them. You can flip back and forth. I don't care what you do, but you got to tune into something tonight. It's good high school football uh, here in the region. So again, Auburn at home against Ramsey on Wings 94.3 and Lee Scott is on AU100 on the Lee Scott Sports Network playing making East. So it should be a good night a Friday night uh, high school football. We're looking forward, looking forward to it. But after tonight, tomorrow, 11 a.m., Jordan-Hare Stadium, Auburn and Missouri, the Battle of the Tigers, the Tiger Bowl, if you will. How are we feeling about this right now? 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you all show long on how you're feeling about this game. And Carter, I want to start with just the the week that it has been leading up to this matchup tomorrow. It's been it has not been a good week leading up to this. We've had we started out on Monday with with a shaky press conference by Brian Harson. We also had TJ Finley retweeting some things uh, about his offensive line, throwing shade without really saying anything. Well, and his dad went on locked on a hover. Right, and his dad with, joins a podcast and Zach starts <laughs> and starts saying some things. And then at Tiger Talk last night, Brian Harson again plays the defense and he asked for privacy for his team. I mean. This week has just not been what you would want it to be leading into a game where there's a lot up for grabs on Saturday. Well, it just feels like everything that kind of can go wrong around Auburn football is kind of going wrong. Uh, And, I mean, some of it is unforced errors. Like, just the way, well, one, Saturday, that performance was awful. And then you get around to Monday, and it's really started with that Brian Harson presser. Just the way he handled himself, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was very, very. Um, I didn't think it was very smart. I didn't think it was um, professional, and it came across poorly. And then it got it that aged worse and worse as the week went on because he literally went on the record and said everybody's good to go in the quarterback room. And then you find out, well, TJ's not good. And then the next day you find out, well, Calzada's done for the year. So like. I don't know. I just thought I thought everything that has happened this week has just been a series of <laughs> it's been a comedy of of unfortunate events with these injuries, but then also just a comedy of errors with how Auburn has Auburn and the people around the Auburn program have handled it. Uh, Therefore, I don't have any confidence going into Saturday because I don't know anything about the way that this Auburn team is going to perform. This has been the the true definition of a snowball effect where this thing started out. The snowball was created after the blowout loss to Penn State. I mean, we of course the first two games weren't good, and people had their question marks or whatever. But it was the first big game of the year, and we were ready for Auburn to show 
why they are going to be back, why Brian Harson is going to be a good coach, all these things that he has talked about was supposed to happen against Penn State. Well, that didn't happen. And so that's where the snowball was really created. And literally every single day this week, the snowball keeps going down the hill and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, whether it's press conferences, whether it's quarterbacks going, going out with injury, whether, whether it's, it's parents of players uh, blaming everything on the coaching staff. Exactly. Every, everything has been poorly handled top to bottom this week and I just I don't get it it's like nobody knows how to run PR around Auburn football right now or or any of the the players uh around the program and uh kind of to 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 just further look at how confusing Saturday was um especially that second quarter where Tank Bigsby doesn't get a carry and he only ends the, he ends the game with what nine carries the uh this morning, I saw Pro Football Focus College tweet out the top highest running rushing grades in the country. Tank Bigsby is number two in the country at 89.5%, and yet he touched the ball nine times against Penn State. Zero times in the second quarter. That's just, and then when you get out there, like it's just, you got a coach that keeps blaming execution and basically blaming the players. Went as far this week as blaming. The some of the players want to, well, they want to play, they they want to compete, which is an interesting move. And then you've got you've got other people around the program. You got players, parents blaming the coaches and the and the plan and the game plan and the way that they're handling the quarterbacks and every. It's just everything about it looks bad, and it gives me no faith going into Saturday. And I think that's where a lot of Auburn fans are are at right now with just. They don't know what to expect tomorrow. And it, this, again, this has not been the type of week that you wanted to have coming off of that bad loss against Penn State. This is where you would, and it, again, it's hard to do this coming off of that bad of a loss. I mean, the worst loss in Jordan Hare Stadium in a decade. But this is where you would want to see the resiliency of Brian Harson and these players and this program where we've heard for a while now that the players like Brian Harson, they want to play for him. A lot of them came back to do such that. I mean, they came back to play with him. Guys like Derek Hall, guys like Tank Bigsby came back to Auburn to play for Auburn and play for Brian Harson and try to, quote, finish what they started, whatever the heck that means. This was the week you wanted to see that. This was the week you wanted to see, okay, we got punched in the mouth bad last week. How do we respond? Let's come out and beat Missouri on our homecoming week. Let's have a good week of practice. Let's have a good week of media presence. Let's build the confidence back into our fan base and into ourselves and into our program. And let's go out here and beat Missouri by four or five touchdowns. Because talent-wise, I think Auburn's capable of doing something like that. I think Auburn's got a lot more talent than Missouri right now. Let's yeah, just be real. We, we, we know that. I mean, Auburn's one of the 15, 20 best rosters in college football talent-wise, but it's not translating. And we, and we talked about that coming off Saturday, that there's a the game plans don't make sense, the, the execution is bad, you've got guys running the wrong routes, you've got dumb penalties, the discipline's not there. And at times on Saturday, it didn't look like the effort was there. Which is where I was going with, in this week, again, this is where you wanted to see all those things. You wanted to see a change in the game plan. You wanted to see, okay, uh, that didn't work on Saturday. Whatever we tried to do did not work. Let's try to figure something out. And of course, then in the middle of the week, you get punched in the mouth again, twice, with two of your quarterbacks going out. Okay, 
then how do you respond? You come out and you need to say, you know what? Two of our quarterbacks are out. They weren't 100%. We we knew that, and they tried to give it a go, and they're not ready. Calzada's out for the year. TJ Finley's out for at least a week. It's probably going to be more. Robbie Ashford's our guy, or Holden Garner's our guy, whatever the case may be. This was a week for Brian Harson to show, I am the man, and no matter what comes my way, we're going to fight through this, and we're going to do our best to be successful here at Auburn. But that didn't happen this week. And I think it was a lot of him feeling the pressure, a lot of him being scared, not, not like scared scared but worried about his future because it's up in the air right now Mm -hmm. and I think just the pressure of everything happening at once got to him and again I sympathize or empathize whatever the word may be with that because he's in a tough spot I mean this was not an easy week to be Auburn's head football coach let's just be honest but you've got to handle yourself a little bit better than he did. And so now that is what worries me about tomorrow because if all of those things that I just talked about had happened this week, I would feel good coming into Missouri. I'd say, you know what? Auburn didn't play good Saturday. I think they know that, and I think they come out and play better tomorrow against Missouri and have a great game. But I don't feel that way. I don't know what to expect tomorrow. I would love for that to happen. I would love for Auburn to come out tomorrow and play clean football, move the ball, score, force turnovers on defense, get pressures, get sacks, and just have a great homecoming game against Missouri. But I just don't know if that's what we're going to get. It could happen. It, it very well could. I just, But I the odds I, of that happening are very low in my mind. I don't know how the offense scores. I don't know how the, how the offense scores. And it's going to be a heavy dose of Robbie Ashford. You're going you're gonna to throw Holden Gurner out there in, in a – bad situation behind a bad offensive line feed tank until they stop him is my opinion well if i'm missouri i'm stacking the box and i'm saying and i'm playing i'm selling out for the run 100 percent. and i'm saying okay can robbie ashford and the true freshman beat me at all with their arm and auburn should be able to they should i mean even if they do that they have enough playmakers to where you do that. Even if you don't run Tank straight through the middle, straight between the tackles, that's where we talked about uh, yesterday with Robbie getting him those easy throws, those quick dump-offs, the screens, if you will, to guys like Tank and Jarquez and Damari Austin or receivers. Do that. Just get him to the outside because we know once Tank gets gets out in the open, he's a hard man to get. Yeah. What, what I'm interested to see here on Saturday is if you listen to Brian Harson on Tiger Talk, he said their goal is always to be plus one in turnovers. Okay. You got a long way to go for that. I don't, in any given game, be, be plus one. I don't think, in my heart of hearts, I expect Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner and this offense to play a clean game where they don't turn the ball over. I mean, they're, they're going to turn it over at least twice. And this defense has not shown any capacity to force turnovers like fumbles will come at some point it's a little bit of an anomaly that hasn't happened yet but so far I mean there's really one play where I feel like they've been close to to getting an interception and it was DJ James against San Jose State where it's in his hands and gets ripped from him I just I don't see where Auburn's defense right now with the way it's playing is going to force enough turnovers to overcome Auburn's turnovers. Let's take our first break in this first hour. We've got a question of the day when we come back. And Carter, we're going to get our opinions on this. I'd love to hear uh, the, the listener's opinion as well. 334-321-1390. Question of the day when we come back here on this Friday afternoon. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. 
Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Question of the day here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Well, through three games, here is the question. Which one, which side of the football are you most disappointed with for Auburn? Offense that can't score in the red zone, only scored 12 against Penn State, and hasn't been able to move the football at all and only gives the ball to Tank Bigsby nine times. Or the defense that can't get pressure, can't force turnovers, and is going to get picked apart in the passing game before they know it. I mean, I'm going to say the offense because it's that disjointed. I don't understand the game the game plans. Uh, the the receivers that we've heard so much about have barely touched the football. Uh, there have been a lot of penalties, especially by that tight ends group, especially by John Samuel Schinker. Um, a lot of penalties on the offensive line. Giving up a lot of pressure. 30, 36 hurries last week, seven sacks. Uh, and then... You also you're not. I don't think you're running the ball as well as you need to, and the quarterback play just hasn't been good. Everything about the offense has underwhelmed in my in my estimation, and I am hesitant to think it's going to get better on Saturday. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on that. Which side of the football for Auburn has disappointed you more through through three games? Because I, I think there's an answer for both sides, but we'd love to hear from you again. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I'm going with the defense, and the reason is because. The offense, we knew was going to be a work in progress, right? We knew that the offense coming into the season was going to be uh, it was going to be tough to start out because of the quarterback situation. When TJ and Robbie, when it came down to those two guys as as the starters for Auburn, and those were the two guys fighting for reps at QB1, we knew that it was going to be a little bumpy. We knew it was going to be a rough start. I didn't expect them to turn the ball over as much as they have. I agree. But we also thought that Tank Bigsby was going to get the football a lot more than he has. And we also were uh, hoping that we were hoping that the offensive line was going to be a little bit more improved as well. But it hasn't been. And um, so the offense, again, the offense, we knew it was going to be rough to start and so yes it is disappointing how many turnovers they've had so far and I did not expect that but I'm more disappointed in the defense so far in their performance because they haven't forced a turnover they're not getting sacks they're not even getting pressure and then the secondary has been a worry coming into the season it's still a worry because again there's still times where they don't know when the football is being thrown their way, and they don't turn and make a play on it, and I'm telling you, well, I don't it's going that. to happen. They're, uh, they are going to get torched against somebody, multiple on, somebodies if they're not careful. On Saturday, I mean, it's not the secondary's fault that you got run over by a steam engine in that, in that Penn State offensive line and those running backs. The... I'm fine with the defense from the aspect that the offense has been that bad that I don't think Auburn is playing as poorly because of the defense. I don't think they lost Saturday because of the defense. I think they lost because that offense cannot do anything in the red zone. And we've talked about it. We've we've talked about the red zone is where you have to you have to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Heck, 
you got a six foot five wide receiver who already show, showed you he can go up and get the ball. I like that play call. Don't let him go get it rather than trying to give it to Shed Jackson on the flat on third and goal at the five. I mean, that's not gonna that's not gonna go anywhere. But I just don't think this offense is precise enough to score points. And that's why you've seen that's why you only scored twelve points against a team like Penn State. A a team that I think is good. I think they're better than people expected. But they're still solidly the third best team in their division in the Big Ten. I would admit, Penn State's better than I thought they were going to be. I thought they would be worse than they were last year. Uh, they look pretty solid, and those running backs have definitely helped them out with that. But Well, the, it, it's the difference of just having a run game. Mm-hmm. Last year, they didn't have a exactly. run game. Exactly. Now they can run the ball, and that makes them a, a much more dynamic offense, a much better team. Which I didn't expect them to have, and so props to them. I mean, they're playing good football, and they came in and had a great plan, and they dominated Auburn on both sides of the ball. But that's where I go back to the defense, what I'm more disappointed in, because the amount of talent that is on the defensive side of the football for Auburn right now is stupid. I mean, there is so much talent on that defensive side of the football, and we knew outside of the secondary where we did have some question marks, we had, you and I both, had no concerns about the defense because of all of the guys that were there on the starting roster. Now, depth was a huge question mark, and it still is, and thankfully, Auburn hasn't had to get into that situation yet. Knock on wood, praise God, whatever. But there's too much talent on this defense for them to be getting burned like they are. There's too much talent on the Auburn defense for them to not be getting pressures and sacking the quarterback. There's too much talent on the Auburn defense to not be forcing turnovers and through three games not have a single forced turnover. And when your offense is turning it over at an astronomical rate, that's not a good sign. Your defense has got to do something. And that's why, in my opinion, through three games, I'm more disappointed in the Auburn defense than I am the offense. I will say the the three players that I think are playing hard and are living up to the expectations for me are Keontae Scott, DJ James DJ right James. now is the best DB on the team. He he's the only DB that like he's the only player on Saturday besides maybe Ekuliota that I was like that dude out there looks like he belongs on this field with this Penn State team and everybody else is just it's hasn't lived up to expectations. You know, you know what a, a thought that just popped in my head is it kind of feels like to me this Auburn D-line misses a guy like T.D. Moultrie. Mm-hmm. Enormous motor. Freakishly like athletic and strong as, a, as an edge guy. Somebody who didn't pan out for the longest time of his career, but I thought had a very strong final year at Auburn. I agree, yeah. And I so, something like just to get pressure on the quarterback, I think he got more pressure on the quarterback than we gave him credit for last year. And it, he feels like somebody that this D-line group could really use. Somebody to to spell Eculiota, spell Derek Hall, and help kind of push the pocket, push the quarterback to the other guys. Uh but yeah, I just don't I don't think this I don't think this D-line has lived up to expectations. The linebackers have significantly not lived up to expectations. Owen Papo is still not the guy that he was two years ago when he had what, ninety Five ninety-eight tackles, whatever it was, behind Zacoby, who led the country that year—a ridiculous number. Uh, and then Cam Riley had an awesome first game. It's been rough since. It has. It's been rough since. He was the star of the first game on defense. Yeah, he had fifteen tackles. He had three times more than any other player on the defense. And I just, I don't, I don't feel comfortable 
with with the I, any of the three levels on defense, and I think that they've underwhelmed, but I'm somehow less disappointed in them than I am the offense because the offense is that bad. The offense is that bad. They aren't showing any signs of life. And on offense, we talk about game plan. Could that be the same factor on the defensive side? Could it be a game plan? Could it be scheme where they're just yeah. not getting there and they're just not doing what they need to be doing? Or, or are we really questioning the talent level of the defense? I don't think that's the case. I, so I haven't, um, I haven't gone back and looked at it. But I was listening to Richard Johnson, who writes for SI. I was mm-hmm. listening to him talk, and he said he was watching the Auburn game with another coach, and he showed that college coach the run fit on Sean Clifford's rushing touchdown by the Auburn defense, and he said that 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 coach almost passed out with how bad it was. Because he, said he just was, he said it was awful. walked in. But the two Auburn coordinators that. Brian Harson hitched his wagon to this offseason. He hitched his wagon to both of them. They're his guys. They were his guys at Boise. On Saturday, they got coach they got circles coached around them. And it was ugly. I think that's the most disappointing thing is it's just been a game plan issue and we expected more to this point. But tomorrow's a great chance for them to make up for it. 30 minutes into hour number one. We'd love to hear from you at 334-321-1390. You are on the line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into this Friday show of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well. I just can't get over how gorgeous it is outside. I got up at at 5 o'clock this morning to do Auburn Opelika this morning. I've been doing that and pulling double duty all week long. But I walked out of the house at 5.30 this morning, and it was cold. Like, you could have put on a sweatshirt and been been perfect. It was awesome. But it feels great outside. Uh, it's perfect football weather as high school football season is in full swing. Uh, obviously, college football as well. And reminder, tonight is high school football Friday night. We've got two games here, uh, courtesy of the Auburn Network. And you can listen to Carter and I, as we call Lee Scott Academy football over on AU100 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. That's 100.3. We are on the road at Macon East Academy tonight. So broadcast starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. And Auburn High also plays tonight. They play over on Wings 94.3. They have Ramsey at home uh, for homecoming, so you can go and join Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hutton over on Wings 94.3. Broadcast time at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on the Auburn High School Sports Network. But, Carter, let's talk about some of the games coming up around the SEC and around college football this weekend because there's some doozies in the conference and there's some good ones around college football as a whole. Uh, We'll start and just kind of go down the list, if you will, as – We've already had some games last night. We have a couple of games tonight. Not sure why we're still doing this in week three and four, but hey, I'm not complaining. I'll well, take. No, I mean, when this is going to continue the whole the whole year. You always have Thursday and Friday night. I know games, it's just kind of weird, but I'll take it. I mean, I'll take it. So, looking at some games, your first ranked matchup tomorrow: Clemson at number five, Clemson at number twenty-one, Wake Forest, eleven a.m. on ABC. Clemson's favored by a touchdown, and this could this one could get ugly. It could get. It could get a little frisky. It's at Wake Forest. 
Can the can Wake Forest hang with Clemson? You're saying ugly in what way? Ugly for Clemson, I guess. I think this could be a competitive back and forth game. Clemson Clemson won this game by 21 last season, but it's at Wake. DJ hasn't gotten better. Sam Hartman's the, the better quarterback. I think Wake keeps it close. I don't know if Wake wins. I certainly hope Wake wins. I I like Sam Hartman. I like this Wake team. I want to see this Wake team compete for another ACC championship. I think that would be awesome. Uh, and I think they're better. Like Of the two teams that played in that ACC championship game last year, Wake's a good bit better than I think Pitt is. I don't think Pitt is that good. Uh, I think this is one of those ones that's I think it can be a game that comes down to quarterback play, mm-hmm. but then it's oh, also, I think it's, it one hundred percent will come back to quarterback play. It's, but the equalizer for Sam Hartman is much as good much as as good as Sam Hartman is, and as better as he is than DJ. That Clemson defense can be the equalizer mm-hmm. here because that Clemson defense is a top two or three defense in the country. If they get to him and put pressure and and sack him five, six, seven times tomorrow, I think that could definitely keep Clemson in the game. We're going to make our picks uh, later on in the show in hour number two, but just kind of breaking down some of the games around college football, some of the games in the Southeastern Conference. uh, 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. What games are you looking forward to? What games are you going to be watching other than Auburn and Missouri? We'd love to hear from you. If you have some picks for some games, we'd love to hear those as well. Uh, I mean, we'll keep up with it and see see how it goes, but we'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. You kind of move through some of the other games. Number 17, Baylor, after losing, uh, they are now 2-1. and one. They go to undefeated Iowa State, and Iowa State's favorite at home by 2.5 against the ranked Baylor Bears. Yeah, you, you didn't know that it's hard to go play in Ames? <laughs> I mean, Ames, Ames legitimately... Um, I just feel like weird stuff happens there. It does. I think Iowa State has a quarterback that maybe I trust more. Um, Baylor's a better team. I don't know. I think it could be a very interesting game. This this could be the point where the wheels start to kind of fall off the wagon for uh, Baylor on their their bid to defend their Big 12 championship from 2021. And, uh, yeah, I mean – Ames is that black hole where weird stuff happens all right. the time. This could be the the pump the brakes type of game uh, for Baylor if they don't come out with a victory. So it'll be tough. 11 a.m. kick, ESPN 2. Iowa State favored by two and a half. Uh, I, I'm not going to touch that. I, I, I don't know how that's going to go, and I would not touch it. But, hey, man, game of the week, 11 a.m., FS1, undefeated Duke, undefeated Kansas. All eyes will be <laughs> in Lawrence, Kansas at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Uh Look, both teams are undefeated. What's game day this week? Is it is it Florida Tennessee? Yes, I think. I think I, I'm sure it, I think is. it is. Yeah. If they weren't going to Knoxville, they should have gone to Lawrence. That would be legendary. <laughs> I mean, they went to App State. You can go to Lawrence, Kansas. Like, come on now, that was, would be really cool. Look, you may hate me for it, but going to App State last week is stupid. If you're going, and I'm going to say, is stupid. Because they put that, they didn't put that game on television. I know it was on ESPN Plus. Yeah, if you're gonna go there for game day, put it on television. I Have agree. The decency for that. I it agree. turned into an awesome game. But, yeah, I mean, put it, it on ESPN U awesome or something, atmosphere. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I, I agree. Think that was bogus. Uh, Lawrence sold out crowd. Kansas has an offense. Kansas has a quarterback. Duke, I think, is overinflated. Um, 
and I think you're going to see that. Kansas Saturday. is favored by a touchdown. Do you do you buy that? I mean, do you yep. do you think Kansas wins by a score? Yep. Interesting. I right? think I think Kansas Kansas is a decent team. In the I'm Big so excited. I, I love it. The and total is Lance, 63 and a half. That's a Lance, lot of points. Lance Leipold. Well, have you seen the amount of points that Kansas has been scoring? I know, and I don't think Duke can stop them. Like Kansas might get somewhere close to that by themselves in this game. Could be. Could be. I think that, look, is it going to be a good game? I don't know. But it is funny to look at it that you've got Duke and Kansas undefeated in football playing in week four. So it'll be exciting. Turn it on if you're looking for something. If you're not at the Auburn game and you're looking for something to throw on just for fun, uh, if you're like us and you have four or five TVs going at one time, uh, turn on Kansas and Duke just to say you did. It may end up being a barn burner. You never know. But looking at some other games around college football, you get down the slate. 2.30 CBS, uh, game of the week in the Southeastern Conference. Number 20, Florida. Number 11, Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, Should be a good game. Uh, I think Tennessee obviously playing better I think they have the better quarterback kind of what we've talked about a little bit. They're favored by 10 and a half points not necessarily making our picks yet but this is a big game for both squads where Tennessee's looking to beat Florida, something they don't get to this do very is, often. And Florida's looking to have a bounce-back performance against a top-15 team. Look, this is, this is where Tennessee stakes their claim and says that they are for real. Because this Florida team, they have a number next to their name. I don't think they're a top-25 team. But perception-wise, this is going to be... Who, Florida? Yeah, I don't think that they are a top 25 team. I don't think Anthony Richardson is that good, but you could see that by the fact he's thrown zero touchdown passes and four interceptions, and he's also a little banged up, and they're afraid to run him Mm -hmm. because they have nothing behind him. Therefore, quarterback battle, Hinden Hooker all day. It's not close in that matchup right now. I think the the what's going to come down to this game is can the Florida defense. Can they stop them? Uh, can they stop Tennessee? Because we've seen Tennessee's offense. We knew coming into the year it was going to be good, and it had potential to be one of the best in the SEC. But I, I think they are. I think Tennessee is a good offensive team. They've put up, let's see, they've put up 59, 34, and 63 points in the first three games. So they can score the football. Can Florida avoid penalties on defense? Can they avoid pass interference penalties in the secondary? Because Tennessee is going to attack the the Florida secondary. There's no doubt about it. You're gonna Florida, let you're gonna let Hendon Hooker let it fly. So can Florida's defense stop Tennessee? Florida's defense struggled against South Florida, exactly, and fell for every bit of motion, every bit of eye candy possible. And they're still without the uh, leader on their defense. I think that. That defense is going to struggle on Saturday. You're playing in Neyland Stadium. It's a rivalry game, 2.30. Uh, it should be a great, great atmosphere. I think Tennessee's checker in the stadium, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're doing that. They generally do that all the time, don't they? I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't but, think but they do it every game. I don't. I, I every, could be wrong. Every I don't big think so. game, I feel like they've, right. they've always done it. Right. But, well, I mean, look, it's going to be... for them. I think the checkerboard, personally, is kind of stupid. I think it looks good in the stadium. I think it looks stupid in the end zone. It looks cool in the stadium, but look... It looks it's, stupid on their basketball jerseys, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, good for Tennessee. Your hey, atmosphere man. is going to be awesome. Atmosphere is going to be great. Uh, I think uh, ten and a half, laying ten and a half for Tennessee is a lot, but I could have see you, where it happens. Have you ever been in Neyland, by the way? I have not. I went to Thompson Bowling for the Auburn-Tennessee basketball game, so I drove by the, Neyland, but I've never been inside. So they do a great job on making the facade on the outside, the mm-hmm. front, the outward-facing half. 
from the 20 to the 20, it looks awesome and brand new. But if you have to walk around in the back half, you're like walking into a medieval dungeon. You're like, what is this? Well, if you look on the outside of the building, because it's right there against the river, the entire outside is rusted. I mean, like, it yeah. is like, it's like a nasty burnt rusted orange because of the river being right there um I, I would like to go i've heard good things about needland stadium i would like to go eventually maybe next time auburn plays there i would try to go but i went and watched the the 2013 auburn team beat walking tennessee yeah. team walk down. in there and nick marshall, put it on them nick marshall put the ball in the air seven times and Auburn scored what I remember 56. that he was yep. three of seven passing yep. and Auburn put it on that Tennessee team you hear that Brian Harson? maybe you should do something like that maybe that would work right but Florida Tennessee tomorrow we'll give our picks later on in the show but I think this could be a good ball game um I think Florida is going to struggle though if their defense can come up with some plays maybe even some turnovers uh I think they could have a chance but uh, I like Tennessee I think they're pretty solid, but we'll give some picks later on. Uh, As we look up and down, some more games going on. Notre Dame, North Carolina, 2.30 on ABC tomorrow. This is what you – this game, I ain't got a clue. I I mean, I don't even know. This is a very stoppable force going against a uh, very movable object with the the Notre Dame offense going against that UNC defense. And on the flip side – it's an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object because that UNC offense is awesome and that Notre Dame defense is really good. I just I can't get over the fact that Notre Dame, their offense is so bad. Mm-hmm. It's so bad they almost they almost lost to Cal, who who literally has one of the worst Power Five offenses over the last decade. Um, yeah, I this this game is intriguing. Because it's either going to be a shootout and Notre Dame gets just absolutely burned in it, or that Notre Dame defense steps up and all of a sudden it's a battle. Yeah, I don't. Again, it could go either way. I don't know where to go on this game, so um, I think I trust North Carolina's offense more. I think, but at the same time, Notre Dame's defense is solid, and I think they could. They could really do some damage on North Carolina's offense. We'll see. It should be a good one. 2.30 ABC tomorrow, Notre Dame and North Carolina. Uh, Some more interesting games going on tomorrow as you get into uh, some of the night games. Of course, the big one, uh, and the other big one, I should say, in the SEC, number 10, Arkansas, number 23, Texas A&M, neutral site, playing at Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, 6 o'clock on ESPN. I think this is going to be a great game. I think both teams show up. Both teams are ready to play. Uh, I think both quarterbacks play well. I think this is going to see... I don't think that. I think you're going to see good offense and good defense. I think you're going to see a game through the fourth quarter and it could come down to one defensive play in the fourth quarter on either side. And I think it's going to be a really good game. I have not seen a single thing this season that makes me think this Texas A&M offense is worth anything it doesn't matter who's at quarterback max johnson's still not good enough to overcome the shortcomings of that offensive line arkansas is a better quarterback and i mean sure that AM defense is really really talented they can keep, keep it close but i think this is either an arkansas a game where arkansas rolls or it's a tight low scoring ugly game where both offenses can't do anything I think A&M's offense has got to be the the key point for the Aggies where you're yeah. going against the Arkansas secondary. That's the worst in the country. 
You, you are going have, against the worst passing defense in the country. Max Johnson has to have a good game, whether it's get the ball out quickly because of a poor offensive line, whatever you got to do. A&M has got to throw the football tomorrow against Arkansas to have a chance, and I think they do. And I think you're going to see some big plays from A&M. And I think this, again, I think this is going to be a really, really good game. The fact that A&M is favored is a little questionable to me. I think, I mean, Arkansas, again, Arkansas is the better team. They are definitely the better team. Will they win? I don't know, but I think they're the better team. That will be a really good game tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on ESPN. We're actually going to carry that game right here on ESPN 106.7. So if you're unable to watch it on TV or you prefer the radio broadcast, uh, 5.30 broadcast time right here on ESPN 106.7. Arkansas and Texas A&M. That'll be after the after the game show tomorrow here on ESPN 106.7. Uh, it'll be Jack Hutton, the Auburn High sportscaster he will be doing it and on the lines McKenzie who runs our board answers our phone she'll be joining Jack Hutton on after the game tomorrow here on ESPN 106.7 Auburn plays at 11 uh, you guys should go live probably 2 30 no later than three I would think uh, all of that is brought to you by urgent care clinic open seven days a week no appointment necessary and no wait time get better with urgency at urgent care clinic in Auburn so after Auburn and Missouri tomorrow tune in here on ESPN 106.7 for the after the game show you can listen and uh listen to the breakdown you can call in give your thoughts and opinions on the game hopefully they're talking about an Auburn win but at this point who knows and then after the after the game show you can stick around and listen to Arkansas and Texas A&M all of that here on ESPN 106.7 Alabama plays Vanderbilt we don't have to waste our time on that Alabama is a 40 and a half point favorite do they cover um you know what? I'm I'm gonna give Vandy some love here. Vandy's been better better than <laughs> me I too, man. And me too. That Alabama offense, I still have questions about it a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think Vandy can keep it within forty. I hope. I would hope, man. I would really, really hope. And I know we're not making picks, but Alabama's going to win. But surely Vanderbilt I mean, could keep it within forty. That won by thirty-five. But you I mean you'll you'll feel? I mean. Is there such thing as losing by five scores and having it be a moral victory? I mean, I think Vanderbilt might get as close as you can with that this weekend. I think, yeah, I think Vanderbilt's going to look to show up and just be ready and not play sloppy, you know, not have penalties, not have turnovers if you can avoid it. Uh, I, I think that's what Vanderbilt is going into this game against Alabama trying to do. Um, you just never know, right? You just truly never know. But those are some of the games going on. Again, later on in the show, we're going to give our picks for week four of college football. We're going to break down uh, Auburn and Missouri a little bit more. But to end this hour, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Braves as they are getting closer and closer to the end of the regular season. We'll take our final break in hour number one. Stay tuned. We have a whole lot more coming up on this Friday afternoon. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Auburn Open like a sports leader. Well, we'll talk about the Braves for a few minutes as... Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say, you know? What can you say about the Braves where you lose in a game one to nothing... Uh, you had chances. The Braves did. They lose to the Phillies yesterday, one nothing. It was on a sack fly too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Braves had chances and they just couldn't pull through. They have six hits. They don't get any runs. No errors. Phillies score one on six hits. No errors of their own. Uh, Freed. He gets the loss. He pitched well. I mean, there's not. You can't really blame him when the opponent only scores one run. 
You've done your job. I don't care what. I don't care if you win or lose. You've done your job pitching wise. The Braves' offense is too good to not score a single run against the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, I I I agree. And you've got Austin Riley doing his part. He's what three of three at the plate. I mean, nobody. He had half your hits by himself. You just you gotta have help somewhere. You, I think it maybe a little bit of wind out of the sails having Acuna scratched right before the game. And having the lineup shake up. But, I mean, Contreras in that first inning goes out and gets a hit. And you don't capitalize after Riley gets a hit as well. It's just like, it's it's frustrating that they're just letting these small ones get by. And they just qu- aren't quite there uh, in these tight games that, that they need to win if they're going to win this division. They got to get hot the rest of the series. They got to get hot the rest of the year and put some pressure on the Mets. That's... We've been saying it for weeks, but it just feels like it feels like three weeks, two, three weeks ago, we felt very confident about the Braves winning the NL East. I'm not confident anymore. I'm not confident anymore. I think it's just it's they'll be close, but I I I think they are not making up the ground they need to make up before this Met series, and I'm concerned. Well, I think for the Braves, uh, I think the situation is this. If you keep screwing around and losing, and, and again, it's it's tough. It's baseball. I get it. You're not going to win every game, right? But if you keep messing around and losing these types of games more times than not, and you keep messing around and you let the Mets get hot to end their season, you're going to lose. You're going to lose this race, and you can't afford back-to-back losses against Washington and Philly. Like you just can't. You can't do that. They lose three-two on Wednesday, and they lose one nothing last night. So, and again, they won five games in a row before that. That's what you want to see. But back-to-back losses is not what. That's not the formula for success this late in the season. If you're the Atlanta Braves, and so uh, again, if you keep if you keep pilling around and you let the Mets get a little steam, you're not going to be able to catch up and. That's the problem right now, I think, for the Braves. Luckily, they have three games left against the Phillies and then three games against the Nationals before they have to play before they have to play the Mets at home. And so these are again, we say it all the time. These are games you've got to win. These are series you have to win. And if you look at the standings right now, it's back to a game and a half for the Braves behind the Mets. And where do you make up ground? You want to go into the Mets series tied or even with the lead if you can. That way, if you win those games, you put yourself ahead and you probably solidify the NL East. The, the unfortunate thing by, by losing game one of this series is game two, you, you do run into that, that Phillies ace. You, you see Aaron Nola here today. You got to find a way to come out with a win. You got to find a way. The Braves have some games coming up. They got to win them before they play the Mets next week. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we're going to talk college football with Jack Cut and all that and more coming up. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this beautiful Friday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area as we've got one hour in the books. That means one hour to go here on the Friday edition of On the Line. If you missed any of the first hour, lots of college football talk with me and Carter. Uh, We broke down uh, a lot of the Auburn and Missouri. Uh, Really not the game. I guess we talked about more of the week itself leading into the Auburn and Missouri game but we're going to do that in the second hour here but if you missed any of that or we talked about some of the games going on around college football all of that in the first hour be sure and go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcast you can find it there or you can go to espnau.com click on the podcast center and you can find it there immediately following the show commercial free uh, so you can go and find all of that but Hour number two officially underway. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. What are your thoughts on Auburn and Missouri? What are your thoughts about the slate of college football this weekend? We're going to make our picks for week four. Then we're going to talk about Auburn, Missouri and make our picks for that. But Jack... Jack Hutton, you are in studio with us, hour number two. How you doing, man? What's up, guys? How are y'all? We are doing okay. It is a busy, busy day uh, for myself and Carter, but we're here, man. We're doing it. I hear you guys. Well... Got a lot to talk about this week, this coming week, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we we've do. got a few things to talk about. You could have even more to talk about tomorrow night or tomorrow <laughs> afternoon, Jack. That's, that's what we were saying when I came in is that there there may be a whole lot on the table, especially for uh, especially for our show for after the game be- this weekend. Because quite literally, nothing is nothing is certain coming yes. into this. Yeah, like I everything agree. that can be like up for grabs and uncertain is uncertain. If it how the happen, offense plays, how the defense on. plays, the game plan, the quarterback, the head coach's job security, all of it. It's yeah. all up for grabs, but we're going to get to that later on in the show. But to start hour number two, uh, Carter and I were just talking about the games a little bit, but we're going to make some picks for week four of college football, uh, around college football, around the SEC, because there are some good games. And I think think uh you know i don't know how we did last week we got to start keeping up with this stuff because yeah, probably should <laughs> yeah we probably should start keeping up with this because look i like to win and i'm sure i'm probably beating you guys in the picks let's just be honest here right well i think i went undefeated last week if you'll if you'll take a look at did, it. did you actually hang no, on no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> had me fooled i mean had me fooled hey all i just want to point out is that i told you three games to keep an eye on he did south alabama should have pulled that upset at ucla they had the worst fake field goal of all time. Yes, they did. Before before they gave that one up. It's literally it's reminiscent of if you've seen the Colts fake punt from years ago. It's it's that bad. And then how about Bobby Petrino? Yes, I know it. Bobby you had, Petrino. You had Missouri State. You had Arkansas. I said it was gonna be the most there. fun FCS game going on. And yep. Sure enough. It it was really fun, and then I think your last one was UTSA in Texas, right? Yeah, but Texas Texas handled business. Texas there. handled I, business. I thought it was a really big letdown spot. I missed that one, but the other two were awesome. Well, you can't be perfect, right? Say, it you, is what you it can is. Bat six sixty seven. That's fine. Hey, yeah, we'll we'll take that all day long. But hey, before we get into some picks, let's head to the phone lines three three four three two one thirteen ninety. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with? Hello, hello. Did hello? we got anybody? Hey, hello? I think yeah. Hey, hello. Can you hear us? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, who are we speaking with? This is Coach Battle. Okay. How are you doing, man? What you got for us? 
doing good. Just, just want to talk about get, get some take on what you guys think about tomorrow uh, for the playing in Missouri. You think we need to come out fast? Are they throwing a lot? I mean, how do you guys see the game? Well, I'll be honest with you. We're we're kind of up in the air about it just because of everything that's happened this week. And uh, I I talked about it in the first hour how I wanted this week to be a lot smoother and to be a confidence booster and a and a week for Auburn to to respond after last week and. Uh, to be honest with you, that just hasn't been the case this week, and and I think tomorrow, yes, you got to you want to come out fast and and have a good game plan. I think a better game plan is necessary, and you're really going to be looking at two things: who's the quarterback and how do they play, and does the defense get pressure and force turnovers? I think that's the two things I'm going to be looking for. And if Auburn changes their game plan and does those things well, Auburn should beat Missouri. They have more talent, and I think they will. I mean, I, I totally agree. Totally agree with you guys. I think the only thing that worried me, uh, you know, of course I played at Auburn back in the early nineties and, and but you know, just watching it and, and, and just looking at it, it worries me the guys that we got on up front for the defensive line. We should get pressure anytime. I agree. With the yeah. first we got in with the linebackers that that we got. And then we got some guys at linebackers. These no guys that don't. Uh, I mean, the guys we got linebacker, they can transfer anywhere and probably start anywhere. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. my thing over there is I'm questioning it to where, why can't we penetrate other team offensive line? Because these guys that we got, they're there for a reason. Agree. And I think a lot of people miss miss the point of it and not looking at it like, okay, I know we down right now, but I don't look at us down. We got to figure it out. Agreed. We got to figure it out to see what type of schemes that we can run for on, especially the defense line, to free our linebackers up to be able to play. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at other teams that got just a decent defense line, they got to figure out. They always figure out how do I free my linebackers up to make plays. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that D line, especially up the middle, you coming into the year. That was supposed to be one of the deeper groups, guys like Jason Jones, Jeffrey Imba, and they did not have a good performance on Saturday. They got pushed around, and the Auburn linebackers got caught up in the wash. And then when you talk about getting pressure on quarterbacks, I really believed coming into this year that Derek Hall and Ekuliota would be probably the second best group of defensive ends in this conference behind Dallas Turner and Will Anderson at Alabama. And yep. I just feel like we haven't quite gotten that 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 production out of out of Derek Hall and Eku. I love Eku because I think his when you watch him play, his motor never stops running, uh, and so right. I appreciate that from him. But all around, that defense has not lived up to expectations, uh, and I'm I'm a little worried. I'm worried going into Saturday. Um, yeah. They they have given up some big plays in the past game. They do need to get pressure on the quarterback. We heard uh, Chris Gordy came on our show yesterday of Locked On SEC. He said if Auburn can get pressure on Brady Cook, Auburn can force some turnovers. But I'm not sure if we've seen that consistently enough this season. Yeah, and I think another yeah. thing that you can add to that for all that Auburn wants to do this weekend is not beating themselves. So they've had, yeah. you know, I mean – 
They've got, and I'm not, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I'm sure Auburn's losing in the penalty department. They're learning, they're losing in the turnover department. Those are two areas that if you're losing in, you can't play good football. And so you have got to get back to some sort of fundamentals and uh, working on yourself as a team this week because you're beating yourself right now. Yep. Yep. I totally agree with that. I like that. Getting back to fundamentals. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is what we heard a lot about Brian Harson when he was hired, and that's what we've heard a lot about him through the offseason. So uh, we're gonna see yeah. we're gonna see how this team responds tomorrow. Hey, Coach Battle, we appreciate the call, man. All right, man. Appreciate you guys. That was Coach Battle here on the uh, Friday edition of On the Line, and he brings up a lot of good points. And it goes back to the the statement I made in the first half where. There's too much talent on Auburn's defense for them to not be performing like they should. I think it's more of a scheme and a game plan thing than anything. But again, if you have that much talent, no matter what the game plan is, no matter what the scheme is, if you're good enough, which they are, you've got to get some pressure. You've got to force some turnovers. You've got to be a solid defense. And so uh, we're going to see how it goes tomorrow. We're going to talk about this some more later on in the show. But to make some picks for week four. And again, we're going to break down Auburn, Missouri a lot more uh, right around 3.30, so make sure you're staying tuned for that. But some picks, gentlemen, for college football in week four. Do you want to pick any of the games tonight or not worry about it? Oh, I'm down. Let's okay. do it. Okay. You got Virginia. It's going to be ugly. Oh, Virginia Syracuse tonight, <laughs> six, uh, 6 o'clock on ESPN. None of us will be watching it because we'll all be doing a high school football broadcast. But Syracuse and Virginia – I've got Syracuse big, boys. I've got them big. Syracuse is better. I mean, they've got a better quarterback. They've got one of the top three or four running backs in the country. By the way, he's touching the ball on 44% of their offensive plays, whether running the ball or or catching passes. Like He is the offense for Syracuse. Garrett Schrader also brings his legs to the table. I like the Syracuse team. Give me Syracuse to cover that 9.5 against a year one new head coach in Virginia. Yeah, I agree with you, Carter. I think the, uh, I think Syracuse coming off of that big win over Purdue last week where it was kind of wild up and down the field there to end the game, I think they got a lot of momentum coming into this. Garrett Schrader, as we know, we know him pretty well. Um, I think he's going to be able to operate pretty well and, and lead them to a win. So give me Syracuse in that one. Yep, I like Syracuse as well. We move into Saturday. Uh, you've got Clemson, number five, Clemson at number 21, Wake Forest. This one, I think, is going to be a really, really good game. Clemson favored by seven on the road, 11 a.m. on ABC. Uh, who do you guys have and why? We'll go with Carter and then Jack. Well, I think... I think Wake can keep it close. So I would, if I'm picking this game, I would pay take take Wake plus seven. I think Clemson wins, but I think it's low scoring. I think that Clemson defense keeps the Wake offense under wraps, and then I think that that Wake their DJ Uyangalale is not a good enough quarterback, and that Clemson offense is not that special. Therefore, I don't think they score a lot of points either. I think under 55 and Wake plus seven, but I think Clemson wins. See, I, I've, I'm taking the Demon Deacons. I've got Ooh, Wake Forest. All right, all right. I've, I've got the upset. All happening. right. Yes. Wake Forest over Clemson this weekend. That's what I pick. And I don't think DJ Uyangalale is um, going to be that all-star quarterback that we keep thinking he's going to turn into. Do we Wake, keep thinking he's going to turn into it? I don't know if we do, but there's a, a Somebody large does. portion I, of the media I that think thinks. everybody's basically on the same page. Yeah. He's not that good, and they really want to give the give the job to Klubnik. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that Wake Forest defense, they kind of got 
I, I guess they kind of got exposed against that Liberty offense this past week. Uh, but, you know, that's a Hugh Freeze offense. It's going to be tough to defend. Liberty's been, you know, a somewhat competitive group of five team for a few years. I think they'll bounce back, and I think they'll be ready to go. Give me Wake Forest this weekend. Carter, I liked how you put everything. Uh, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think defense is going to be the name of the game in this one. I think it's low scoring. I think it's ugly. And I think Clemson's just talent is going to carry them to a victory. Uh, I like... I definitely like the under in this game. I could see Clemson end up winning by a touchdown, maybe with a garbage time uh, touchdown field goal, or maybe just just end up winning the game by a touchdown outright. But I like Clemson in a low, nasty game against Wake Forest. We move on to uh, some of the games that you and I were talking about earlier, Carter. Number 17, Baylor on the road at Iowa State. Uh, This is 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Iowa State favored by two and a half at home. Jack, who you got? I think I'm going to take Baylor in this one. I got a... uh, a I guess a, a flair for the upset today, though. And, and I don't know if it's really necessarily an upset. but Betting-wise, like, it is. Yeah, I guess so. I like Baylor in this one. I think, you know, when they went up to BYU uh, a couple of weeks ago, I thought they showed good promise. I thought that was a really good BYU team. They went into Oregon and kind of got embarrassed. But I think that's still a good BYU team. And thus, I think it's a, a very good Baylor team. I think they'll get it done on the road. You know what that trip to BYU told me? They don't trust Shapin on the road yet. And I think that plays a big part in this game. And Ames, give me Iowa State. I think they cover that two and a half. And I think it's I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over in this one though. I I, I think that Iowa State is gonna get out ahead and Baylor's gonna have to figure out a way to come back and maybe uh maybe start to put that trust in Blake Shape. I'm going to take Baylor on the road, boys. I think Baylor. I think it'll be a good game, back and forth. You're going to see. Uh, you're going to see some good offensive plays. You're going to see some big defensive stops. A couple of turnovers here and there. I like Baylor's offense better than I do Iowa State. So I'm going to take Baylor on the road. Uh, it's a technically it would be an upset betting wise. So yeah, I'm going to take Baylor and just to make it fun, why not take the over 45 and a half? Just just to make it a little interesting. And another piece of information on there: Baylor wideout leading them, Hal Presley, former Auburn signee leading them in I believe reception yards that is did he ever actually make it to Auburn campus don't know if he actually made it to campus but he he was a signee at one point so a little piece of trivia yeah there you go there you go yeah I'm taking Baylor I guess for that reason I know one guy on there yeah I like (laughs) Baylor as well we'll pick one more before we head to the break Duke and Kansas game of the week and wasn't it Kansas game that this week? Is it this Goodness the, <laughs> gracious, you need to relax. <laughs> Just kidding. But isn't it is it Kansas or Kansas State that you two boys were were so high on? I can't remember which way you were going with that. It was Kansas, right? Oh, so of course it was Kansas. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, it, it, was it, it wasn't Kansas we State. We're the Kansas biggest State. rock chalk guys on the planet this year. <laughs> oh my god. This is see, this is usually one where we're talking about game of the week and you know either March or maybe a, maybe a, a beginning of April in, you know, beginning November. of April. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think Kansas has done some really good with Lance Leopold there. Uh, I do think I'll pick the Jayhawks again. I've got them at four and O now on the year. And that's, that's something I didn't think I was going to say at the beginning of the this year that, that Kansas is going to be four and O uh, coming out of this game in football. Yeah. Yeah. And football nonetheless, Kansas has a really, really exciting quarterback, Jalen Daniels. He's got, 560 yards passing, seven touchdowns, one interception, but he's also added 237 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. I believe in this Kansas team. I believe in what Lance Leipold is building. I think Duke is overinflated. I think they should have lost to Northwestern a few weeks ago. Give me Kansas. I mean, Kansas is going to cover this. Sell out. I mean, come on. I mean, what more can you ask for? David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium, all how what's their capacity 47,000 people there 
when they rush the field after winning 47, this game. Forty-seven thousand. Wow. There, look, it's it's going to look a lot better than when they rushed the field against uh, Texas and what? had about. You paused, 80 people on the field. You paused, and I thought you were getting ready to pick Duke, and I was about to no. say, well, that's an no. even bigger upset no. than my weight. Yeah, that's a, that <laughs> no. would be a huge upset. Now, I have Kansas. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a fantastic game. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of points. 63.5 is a lot of points, though. That's what they're laying right now. They're um, going to hit the over in that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. It's a lot of points, but I think they will. I think you're going to see both teams just go back and forth and just put up Possibly 30, 40 points each. By the way, Duke is one of the national leaders in yards per play in the country right now. How about that? Interesting. Yeah. What, what do you know? I mean, the more you know, right? I have Kansas beating Duke on Saturday. That is 11 a.m. on FS1. So, again, I said it in the first hour. If you're looking for one of the games to throw on one of your five TVs when you're watching football, put this one on just for fun because I think it's going to be an exciting game. We all have Kansas beating Duke. Let's take our first break in hour number two. We'll come back, make some more college football picks for week four, and then we'll talk Auburn and and Missouri 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us we'd love to hear your picks for week four and your thoughts on Auburn Missouri all that and more coming up on the Friday edition of on the line you are on the line on ESPN 1067 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 more college football picks here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird, and we're joined by Jack Hutton in studio for all of our number two as we all get ready to have some high school football broadcasts later on tonight. But as we move through some of the other games going on in week four of college football, don't worry at 3.30, we're going to break down Auburn, Missouri. We're going to give our picks. What does Auburn need to do to beat Missouri tomorrow? Uh, we're going to talk about that at 3.30. But moving on to 2.30 tomorrow on CBS, Uh, I think it's the game of the week in the Southeastern Conference. CBS likes to agree with that, too. Number 20, Florida, at number 11, Tennessee. Who do you guys have and why? Carter, we talked about this game a little bit in the first hour, and uh, we we, we sort of alluded to where we were going with this. But, Jack, who do you have and why? Uh, So I think I like Hendon Hooker a lot, um, you know, especially as he came into this season. I mean, he wasn't really necessarily a guy that – a lot of people had gone, oh man, that's you know that's a Heisman caliber guy, and I don't know if I'd call him a Heisman caliber guy now, but I mean he's putting up great numbers this year so far. Fifty nine of uh, eighty five. This is he's almost got a thousand yards passing so far in what three games. Uh, I like where Hooker's at. I think Florida's a little bit unstable right now. They get the big win over Utah, but they come out almost get beat by, frankly, a pretty bad South Florida team last week. So uh, I'll take Tennessee at home tomorrow. I think Hooker throws for a, a, a good a good amount of yards. I don't know if this Florida defense can keep up with it look I tried to tell literally everybody that would listen after Florida beat after Florida beat Utah we jumped them all the way up to what number 12 number 12 that was so dumb and we said that was not a good move and it was way too knee-jerky now you've seen Anthony Richardson come crashing down to earth zero touchdown passes four interceptions he's banged up and he's not running the football I think he what he had all of his rushing touchdowns I think in that Utah game well, this offense is not very good right now. This defense bit on every single bit of motion that South Florida threw, threw at them. Hinton Hooker's a better quarterback. This is a better offense. It's a better team. Tennessee, 
And I don't think it's going to, frankly, be... I think it's going to be by a lot more than that 10.5. I think Tennessee might run away with this thing. Tennessee's favored by 10.5. I think it'll be competitive first half, uh, just being a big rivalry game. I think Florida uh, and Billy Napier, he's going to have his guys ready. But when you look at just talent and offensive skill, I think Tennessee's going to have a field day. I think Hendon Hooker's going to throw it all over the yard. And this this crowd at Neyland Stadium is going to be rocking. They're going to be ready to go. 2.30 CBS, supposed to be sunny and 83 degrees. I mean, it's it's going to be a gorgeous day there in Knoxville, Tennessee. Give me the Volunteers. They'll be four and zero, and they have a huge. Uh, they've got a huge couple of games coming up uh, for for themselves. So uh, I, I think Tennessee is playing well. I think their offense is really really good. Can Anthony Richardson? come back and play a good game in the SEC we're going to find out I don't think so I don't think he's good enough to beat Tennessee I've got the Vols Um, it's tough for me to take them 10 and a half just because this is Tennessee Florida and you just never know how this is going to go and with with this big of a rivalry game it's tough for me to take Tennessee minus double digits but I do like Tennessee uh, to beat Florida tomorrow as we move on to some other games how about Texas and Texas Tech Texas wearing uh, 22 in the rankings. They're on the road at Texas Tech, 230 on ESPN. The Longhorns favored by seven. They're the better team, but do they come out with a win? I think they come out with a win, but I think Lubbock, I kind of like what Texas Tech is starting to build. They went the the kind of Jeff Trailer UTSA route of hiring a somebody who is uh, a Texas high school coaching legend. And uh, I think that it'll be very interesting to see how it continues. You've you've got Joey McGuire there, and I think they're building something that can be really good. I think the atmosphere is going to be awesome. Give me Texas Tech plus seven, but Texas wins. Yeah, I like Texas Tech too, Carter. I, I, well, excuse me, I, I like Texas to win outright. Texas Tech, I think, is doing some good things. You're kind of seeing a little bit, actually, of the Texas Tech of old in some ways where they're throwing it around a lot. About 36, 37 pass attempts per game right that now. That quarterback is a lot of fun. For Donovan Smith, yeah. And he'll throw some picks, but he's up to almost 800 yards a lot, like we just talked about Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. So I really like that pick, Carter. Uh, I like Texas Tech to uh, hold hold on the, I guess, hold on the over-under, hold on the, the spread there. But um, I will take Texas, especially if they get Quinn Ewers back, which I know he is supposed to dress out this game. He is. He is supposed to dress out. We'll see if he plays. The Texas Tech quarterback, Smith, has thrown it 110 times in three games. That is wild to me. Almost 40 a game. But you know what, gentlemen? The Texas defense has been good. It's played really well. I think they show up and play again tomorrow. I like Texas to win. And I like the under of 61 points. I think I think Texas is going to, to to shut down Texas Tech at home. I like the Longhorns to win. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, Texas by a touchdown. I'll take it. I'll take Texas with the spread. And I like the under of 61 points. I just want to point out that Will Rogers looks at those 110 pass attempts and he laughs. He scoffs. Yeah. He, has <laughs> he has 140 pass attempts. He's, he's completed 101 passes already this year. That's, that's insane. That's so wild. So I, I do. I like Texas with the points and the under of 61 uh oregon number 15 at washington state in the pac 12 washington state 3-0 oregon had an impressive win last week uh can bo nicks get it done on the road or do we see some of his uh his past struggles on the road at washington state what you guys got look i think road bo nicks is one of the biggest wild cards in college football a truer Uh, statement has never been said yep (laughs) but and i think no matter which bo nicks actually shows up I think Oregon just has the athletes to cover that six and a half. Um, 
Washington State, I'm still not exactly sure what they are. I know they got the win at Wisconsin, but is Wisconsin even that good? They're 20-point dogs against Ohio State this weekend. Uh, give me Oregon. I think Oregon just out-athletes these dudes. Yeah, I've I've been in the mood of picking some upsets this week, just kind of sporadically. That's not um, one of them? I don't know if it is. No, I don't think I can go there. I like Cam Ward um, and what he's done with the Washington State with, with as the Washington State quarterback. Uh, but I think Bo Nix, Irving, I think um, can, can like Carter said, I think they out-athlete Washington State this week. Do, I do, you, think do you know where, where Cam Ward played football last year? Oh, shoot. I don't know if I can remember. Incarnate Word. Oh, that's right, because Auburn was after him at and one point. He that's followed right. his offense yes. coordinator. Washington State did the same thing that Western Kentucky did last year yeah. when Western Kentucky just said, hey, Houston Baptist, we're going to take your whole offense, and they're all going to transfer to Western Kentucky, and Bailey Zappi is going to put up a million points. <laughs> well, Washington State did that with Incarnate Word. I like Oregon. I like Oregon minus six and a half. I love that pick. I think Oregon wins by double digits. Quickly, before we get to break, gentlemen, Arkansas, Texas A&M, who wins? I mean, Arkansas. Better quarterback, better offense, better team. Papa John's. Yeah, Rocket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Rocket. I love it. Rocket Sanders has been really good for Arkansas this year. I'll take the Hogs. I like the Hogs as well. They're an underdog in this game. I think Arkansas money line is easy money, baby. 30 more minutes here on this Friday afternoon. We're breaking down Auburn and Missouri when we come back. Jacob Goetz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on this Friday afternoon on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Carter and Jack with you in the studio for 30 more minutes. We just made some picks for week four of college football. But gentlemen, it's time to talk about Auburn and Missouri. 11 a.m. kick tomorrow in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And, and Jack, obviously you weren't here with us in the first hour. Carter and I really broke down the just this week leading up to this game and how hectic and chaotic and negative it has been since the Monday press conference with Brian Harson. And uh, I mean, one thing after the other, there has been a news story every single day in this town. And every guest we've had on the show this week, they're like, well, you guys don't have anything short to talk about, right? And that's exactly correct because there's always something going on in Auburn and with Auburn athletics. But what has been, uh, Jack, your just your take on the, this week leading up to Auburn and Missouri with the quarterbacks going out and with Brian Harson uh, being what he's been to the media and just, just the overall vibes of this fan base right now? What's been your take on all this? Well, it's something that I don't think I have experienced. And, you know, I have I've was fortunate enough to kind of get to grow up here. And so I got to kind of experience a lot of fandom within the seasons as I, as I kind of came through. And you know, it's it's not necessarily just because, oh man, you know, it, it's not necessarily saying, oh, this football team's so bad or anything, but there is a little bit of that 2012 vibe to kind of what's going on. There's It, it seems to be kind of a lack of interest going on with some to- of the fan base. It could help if you get a win this weekend and you start, I mean, of course, winning is going to help everything. But I mean, you, would ha- you need to win and yeah. have it look good. Yeah, exactly. If, it's, if, if we're talking... Anders Carlson hits a last-second field goal to beat Missouri, then I don't think anybody comes out of this week feeling any better. No, I don't think so either. But isn't it it something – those 2012 vibes set in 
remarkably quick. Well, they really didn't. I think a lot of it honestly has to do with the fact that Auburn fans just went through this entire decade with that not really being – they weren't really in danger of something like that happening. Maybe a little bit in 2015 when you when things kind of start going off the rails. But, you know, you really haven't been in danger. And so I think this is a little bit of post-traumatic stress where – People are looking at back at that team and going, man, there's a lot of similarities between well, those two. And it's the fact that you haven't beaten a Power 5 team since before right. Halloween of last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so, come on. Yeah, exactly. So, and, I mean, I do think that there's a little bit of that vibe to it. I, I saw somebody on one of the uh, Auburn message boards making a post to, to defend the staff currently, and they're like, hey, they went and got a win at LSU, and they beat Ole Miss, and they beat Arkansas. I was like, that's all great. That's 11 months ago. And we that should, haven't seen anything since. And that should be the standard at Auburn every year, is that Auburn should if beat. You are, if you're touting beating Ole Miss and Arkansas, that's not great. Auburn should beat <laughs> Ole Miss and Arkansas every year, if you ask me. If, if When Auburn is at their best and when Auburn is being Auburn like we know they can be, beating Ar- uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss should be a standard every single year. And competing with LSU, trading punches, trading wins, that's fine. But don't, yeah, don't give me the argument that they beat Arkansas and Ole Miss last year and hang your hat on that because that should be the standard at Auburn every single season look I just want all I want out of this year at this point is Auburn to beat Arkansas on some controversial call just because I want to see <laughs> I want to see the pregame uh, highlight tape like they had last year that was so good yes about all the missed calls that the refs have had against Auburn that have led to Auburn and they left, I, I don't that. know if you remember but they left the the Bo Nix fumbled graphic up on their scoreboard uh, at the game last season yep. they left it up there for probably five minutes before the game started it was just everywhere in the stadium and then Bo comes out and beats him by 15 I just I just <laughs> want I just want that fan base just to just to wallow in the fact that they think the refs are are giving Auburn wins over them a it, little more look it's minor moral victories but Auburn can always for the most part you can always count on getting something at Arkansas and, and, and Auburn to beat them in some way where it, the Arkansas fans are just ticked off for a year so I mean look hopefully we can get to that but you got to get to that point first. And Auburn has Missouri tomorrow in Jordan-Hare Stadium, 11 a.m. And, Jack, we had our question of the day, and I want to get your opinion on this before we, we start getting into this game specifically. The question of the day was, to this point, through three games, it seems like it seems like we've been in this season a lot longer than this, hasn't it? Yeah. But we're three weeks in. Which side of the football for Auburn are you most disappointed in, the offense or the defense and their performance, and why? Well, I think the obvious – maybe not the obvious, but the answer I think a lot of people will go with is the offense just because it's uh, it's not what we wanted it to be. You had guys returning in Tank and Jarquez. Uh, you had a veteran offensive line. You had what a lot of people thought was going to be a quarterback that probably wasn't even a battle, was going to be you know Zach Calzada, then everybody else, and it really hadn't happened that way. So I think the offense is certainly a lot uh, very disappointing. But I, w- I think my answer is probably on the defense thus far just because you expected so much out of them. It was kind of like you were expecting maybe a, a decent offense, a good enough offense, and I think the defense you were expecting to be very good, and they've been very subpar thus far. I'll tell you what, I, I understand what y'all are saying, but – well, he says that because that's that's the exact way I put it in the first hour. That was yeah. my answer too. I the the SEC stat cat, I don't know if y'all follow him on Twitter, Clark Brooks with mm-hmm. on three. He is just putting out a just train of offensive stats right now that that side with me. Yeah. Right now, Auburn leads the SEC in broken play rate. They they are third worst in havoc plays against them. They are fourth for they have the fourth most negative plays. Like 
everything is bad about this offense, and it's astonishingly so. But I like just, I like the way that Jack put it, though. It's kind of agreeing with what I was saying was coming into the year, the defense was supposed to be the strong point of this football team, and the defense was supposed to be the ones that kept Auburn in the football game, sort of like we saw last year down the stretch where they played out of their minds against some really good teams, and we knew it was going to be a work in progress for the offense, especially the example I used was when it came down to TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford for the starting job. You knew there was going to be some growing pains and some question marks whether the offense could score and move the football, and that's still the case, and so that's why my my answer was the defense, uh, but granted, both sides of the ball are not performing to what they should be right now. That's well and good, but my my point is it doesn't matter what defense you put back there. You can take Georgia's defense last year, put them on this Auburn team right now, and Auburn's still 2-1, and one, and you still feel relatively the same because the offense is still doing nothing to help that defense out I don't know that defense may have scored a couple touchdowns last week against Penn State and kept you in the game you are you are leading the conference in pressure rate allowed uh by almost 12 full percent I mean this is the the offensive stats when you dig into it are egregiously bad and they and they speak to a bad offensive line really bad quarterback play, and really bad game plans. You're throwing the ball 54% of the time, and you have the best duo of running backs in the conference right now. No, I agree. I do agree with that. I think the one of the portions that you'll talk about with his offense is that the running backs have not been getting the touches. We talked about this tank with only 11 touches last week. I mean, you can't do that. You know, we talked about the UTSA running back, or maybe the Syracuse running back, actually, who's accounting for almost 50% of their offense. You don't. I don't know if you want to be that heavy on one side but you have got to lean on your playmakers and Mm -hmm. so far Auburn's been leaning on guys like TJ Finley uh, Javarius Johnson who is a playmaker but you know is is he a guy who you're wanting to feature I think he's much more of a guy who you're trying to not a gadget play guy but somebody who you're wanting to mix in rather than uh, running your offense through I think Tank's the guy you want to do that I just don't see him getting the touches he, he needs so what this sort of bridges into is tomorrow's game against Missouri, 11 a.m. over in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's homecoming for Auburn. Uh, the homecoming parade is tonight in downtown Auburn. And homecoming game, of course, is tomorrow. I mean, gentlemen, what does Auburn have to do tomorrow to beat Missouri? Because there is legitimate concern from us, from Auburn fans, that Auburn could lose this game tomorrow against Missouri. And... That is not okay in my book for Auburn and the standard of Auburn football. We'll start with Carter, we'll go to Jack, and then it will come to me. Carter, what does Auburn have to do well tomorrow to beat Missouri and and sort of fix the mindset of what Auburn fans are looking at Auburn right now? I really think it's as simple as protect the football and score touchdowns when you get in the red zone, and I don't think Auburn can do either of those right now. Because, Jack, we talked about in the first hour, with Holden Gurner and and Robbie Ashford playing quarterback tomorrow, I don't think there is a. I think every way I see this game playing out, they commit at least two, two two turnovers, maybe more. And Brian Harson said on Tiger Talk, he has to be he wants his teams to be plus one every game in the turnover battle. If you give up two, you got to get three. This defense hasn't sniffed turnovers yet, not even close. Closest was. A bouncing ball out of bounds with Sean Clifford that nobody was even close to after Papo blew him up. But, I mean, I don't see Auburn winning the turnover battle. Hmm. I don't see Auburn converting in the red zone when you have to be precise. And they haven't been. 
Yeah. Now I will. I think the thing I'll say about that Carter is this Missouri defense. I don't think is going to be at, especially the defensive line is not going to be as stout as this Penn State line was, even though they're an SEC team. So I could see Auburn being able to run the ball in the red zone a little bit better, and that may lead to some more success. I agree with what you're saying, though. I think that Auburn's had trouble with red zone. They've had troubles with penalties, like we mentioned. You know, shoot themselves in the foot. So I think that Auburn's got to handle that, and yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if I don't know how well they're going to do that. I think, and we'll I know we'll do our picks kind of towards the end. Mm-hmm. I think I'm taking Auburn in this, but it's it's not by as much as I would like it to be. You know, I mean, you got Brady Cook coming in here from Missouri, who he's kind of like T.J. Finley in that at times he can be very good. He can look, uh, you know, pretty consistent, but. For the most part, really thrown some interceptions, been fairly inconsistent. Maybe Auburn gets a turnover, maybe not, but I don't know if they win the battle. Well, Jack, you were more concerned with the defense right now than the offensive performance. What does Auburn do defensively? What do they have to do defensively tomorrow to to kind of give themselves a little bit more confidence and be successful against this Missouri team? Well, I gotta think. I think they gotta have some step up from their linebacking core. So guys like Owen Papo and Cam Riley, um, you saw they they didn't really have their best games last week. A lot of missed gaps assign missed gap assignments. A um, couple of times you had Penn State running through the A gap, and you saw Owen Papo kind of sliding out of the way, expecting a counter or expecting something else. I think you got to stay at home, um, and you know you can get into details like that. But I want to see our linebackers play a lot better and kind of fill more of those technical roles than I did last week. I didn't think that that was. Uh, I thought that was something where Auburn gave up a lot of yards on the ground in the second half. So I'm hoping that uh, you get to see some some better linebacker play from Auburn tomorrow. For me, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on both sides of the football here, and we're gonna make our picks to wrap up the show in the last segment. But offensively for Auburn tomorrow, you've got to get the ball to your playmakers. You've got to get the ball to Tank Bigsby. You've got to get the ball to Jarquez Hunter, and you've got to get it to the receivers. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what the process is. I don't care what the play call is. You've got to get them the football. And there's going to be times where that play call goes to Robbie Ashford, and you get him out in space, but you can run tank through the tackles and up the middle you're probably going to have a little bit of success but you are playing an sec defensive line there's going to be some talent there from missouri i think the game plan has to be for auburn on offense tomorrow get out in space get out on the edge and get guys like tank bigsby jarquez hunter some of these receivers get them out in space and let them run around and let them make guys miss and show their talent and show their athleticism and you've got to help out the quarterback robbie ashford or if it is holden garner or if they're doing a two quarterback system which i don't think would be a good idea i think you're gonna see two quarterbacks i think you will too unfortunately but whoever's the quarterback and whoever's in the game get your ball to the playmakers out in space and let them do their thing because if you're able to do that and you let guys like tank bigsby start running he's going to make a guy miss he's going to run somebody over and he's a hard guy to bring down or you give it to jarquez who's faster and might possibly just outrun somebody and so offensively you better have a better game plan than you did last week against penn state because if not like carter said missouri's going to stack the box and tell you throw the football 
and good luck. If you beat us through the air, we'll take it. But I think for Auburn, you got to have a better game plan on offense and however you have to do it, get it to your playmakers on the offensive side. Now, defensively, I'm going to go with what Jack was saying. You've got to get pressure, not just from the linebackers, everybody on the defense. I don't care if it's the defensive line. I don't care if it's the linebackers. I don't care if you're if you're corner blitzing from the safeties and they're coming off the edge on a sneak. I don't care what it is. You've got to get to the quarterback because he's a good quarterback, but he's not great for Missouri. If you get some pressure on him, you're probably going to get a turnover or two, whether it's a strip sack or an interception, or you get three and outs, you get third and longs, and then they go three and out after that. There's opportunities for this Auburn defense tomorrow to sort of wake up a little bit and remind everybody, uh, remind Auburn fans, remind us Auburn media, and remind the SEC why this defense was supposed to be so good and why I think they still can be really good. They have a lot of talent. They've got to show it tomorrow. And if you don't, then, uh, I mean, you're, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Defense has got to co- get some turnovers tomorrow, get some pressure, and stay off the field and let the offense get a little flow and a little motion. Uh, that's what I think needs to happen. We'll see if it does. But we're going to take our final break in this second hour. We'll come back, make our final picks from Auburn and Missouri. It's Jacob, Jack, and Carter here in the studio. Come back, and we'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up this Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, and Jack Hutton with you in the studio. We've got about four minutes before we get out of here, and we've broken down Auburn, Missouri. We've made picks from around college football. It's time to give our picks for Auburn and Missouri uh, I was very wrong last week about Auburn, Penn State. Carter, you were the only one that chose Penn State. You didn't have them winning in a blowout, but you did pick no them to win. No one did. Literally no. no one did, but I did not think this Auburn team was good enough to beat Penn State. I thought Penn State was a better team. Granted, I didn't think Penn State was going to take a sledgehammer to Auburn's face. Yeah, but you did pick Penn State. Jack and I picked Auburn in closer games. I had Auburn winning 17-10. to 10. Um, I told you it was going to be low scoring on one side. I didn't know Penn State was going to put up 42 points, but either way, we my, pick Auburn and Missouri now. So my, my overtime. Uh, yeah, that didn't go so did well. Come true. No. <laughs> I forgot you picked Auburn no, and Penn State overtime. No, I forgot no. about that. Yeah, Maybe that didn't like go the so first hot. like fifteen minutes. You were close. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then and then it got to twenty four to six or something. And I thought, yeah. well, maybe somehow Auburn gets eighteen now. No, yeah, that didn't happen. Well, look, we got about three minutes, so we're gonna go around the room and we're gonna make our picks for Auburn and Missouri. that kick off eleven a.m. at Jordan Hare Stadium tomorrow. It is it, it's borderline must win at this point for Brian Harson and this Auburn football program. So we're actually going to start with our producer McKenzie who is joining Carter or is joining Jack excuse me tomorrow on after the game McKenzie welcome on to the microphone who wins tomorrow Auburn or Missouri who do you got oh uh, let's see I th- I got a weird score for this game okay so I'm gonna say wait. Auburn wins mm-hmm. 24 to 19 24 19 <laughs> Auburn over Missouri okay that, that is my pick all right all right write a it down a little we... too close for comfort so yeah dumb. are you <laughs> saying four field goals and a touchdown <laughs> yes. or are you saying missed extra point on uh, okay I think she's yeah. saying 12 safeties for Auburn yes and then for uh, you think Missouri. the defense is gonna get that much pressure come on now I was no. I was I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine and I was like we were talking about Iowa's offense I was like I won seven three in week one 
And it was two safeties in a field Didn't goal. score a touchdown. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. So, McKenzie, you've got Auburn 25-19. to 19. Good luck tomorrow and after the game. It'll be right here on ESPN 106.7. It'll be McKenzie and Jack. They will be here uh, on after the game. Around 2.30, 3 o'clock, as soon as the Auburn game is over, tune in right here on ESPN 106.7. It's all brought to you by Urgent Care Clinic. Open seven days a week. Uh, no appointment necessary and no wait time. Get better with urgency at Urgent Care Clinic in Auburn. McKenzie has Auburn winning. Jack, could you have quickly? Yeah, so I, much like McKenzie, I kind of have a weird score in this one. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to happen, uh, but I went with the score. Uh, oh shoot, whatever. 32 to 24 is my final. So whoa, yeah. So the 32. So I've got Auburn kicking some field goals in there. I actually think that something just kind of stupid is going to happen in this game. I mean, whether that is a that is so you know, many more points than I thought you were going to pick. So whether it's somebody goes for two, you know either somebody goes for two and somebody returns it for a safety or something like that or somebody you know you snap it over the punter's head or something <laughs> I am sorry did I say 32 to 24 yes yeah I am so sorry I, <laughs> I what is going 20, on I'm so sorry I'm at 22 to 14 I'm sorry wow so okay that's that a, totally different I mean that's a little <laughs> bit different but so I added 10 on there okay. sorry about that 22 14 22 14 so I think Missouri is getting two touchdowns I think somehow Auburn's gonna win by a mess of field goals and you're gonna see a safety somewhere in there some sort of weird scoring thing. Carter who you got quickly man we're uh, we're about just, to get out of here I don't think I don't think Auburn can protect the football I don't think they can score enough in the red zone I've got it at 24 20 Missouri hmm that's brutal. That's brutal. You were right last week. Well, all we can do is hope that you're wrong this week. Uh, I got burned last week picking Auburn to win. But this is a little bit different. And I think they get up. I think they play decent. I'm going to take Auburn at home. Give me 24... Give me 24-14 Auburn over Missouri tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. That's a double-digit win for Auburn. We'll see how it goes. We got high school football going on tonight and after the game tomorrow. We'll be back here on Monday. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.